Well, here, here's a phrase that really opened my eyes is winners and losers have the same goals. It's their standards that separate them. And so everyone wants to lose weight. Everybody, like, you know, you think about football. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. Every team does, but it's the standards of how they execute on a daily basis and the identity they embody as a team that determines who actually wins. That's why the Patriots were so dominant is because Bill Belichick preached, like, do your assignment. Like, you will be excellent in your specific assignment. If we all do that, we win. Not, let's look at the scoreboard. Let's, you know, there's a difference there. Welcome to the Willpower Podcast, where we uncover the secrets of success and share the wisdom of exceptional individuals. I'm your host, William Gomez. And as a real estate professional, I bring you insights from the world of real estate and beyond. Join me as I engage in captivating conversations with incredible guests from diverse backgrounds and industries, from top real estate moguls to trailblazing entrepreneurs and influencers. We dive into the mindsets and habits of successful people. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate and review. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and enlightened. Live life today on willpower. Um, I was uh, uh, telling this dude, if he knew you, he works at Victory. Do you? Yeah, I was I like, um, I was like, this dude used to be a uh, worship leader there. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, was it that guy that um, would get with all the girls at the end? And I'm like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he, of course you he, said that. He, he, did, he, he was like, no, I don't know him. And I'm like, dude, that I was like, if if I feel old, that's going to make Cole feel old. Because it feels like you were just a worship leader not that long ago there. But it's been what it's now, like been. five years at least? I left Victory in 2016. 2016. So we were, we're eight years. Yeah. Dude. And went to uh, Church on the Move after that, and then was in Oklahoma City for four years, then was in Denver for a year, then Dang. Moved, back, moved back this year, been all over the place. Well, Cole Taylor, welcome Woo. back, dude. It's good to be here, bro. Dude, I'm so excited to have you, and it's good to know now that you, um, well, you said you started a podcast shortly after you came on last time. I was just trying to be cool like you. And then now you've freaking surpassed me in the episodes, bro. Yeah, we're like 120, 120 episodes in. I thought I was being consistent once a week. And now you're over there just, you got always got to one up me. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to run my first marathon. And you're like, cool, Ultra. I'm running 50, 50. Was it 50 miles? I did 79. 79. Well, it was, yeah. it was 100 it was miles. It was supposed to be 100. I failed. Dude. It's a good time. Well, welcome back, dude. I'm excited to kind of have a good little conversation here with you. Um, give us a one little minute introduction again. Yeah. I know that you're kind of doing a little bit of different things. Sure. Your your main thing right now is the starting lineup, yeah. which you're helping um, uh, CEOs, executives, like yeah. try to get back to whether they're making millions of dollars and, you know, maybe have a good spiritual life, like to make sure that they're taking care of their body. But yeah. I know you ha have your hands on a couple of yeah. different things. So, so give, give us a little one minute, one minute introduction yeah. there. Name's Cole Taylor. I am a, what I like to call a health and performance coach. And for me, that is anything to do with not only health, the physical body, but all, also how you perform on a daily basis. So that could be mindset, could be routines, habits. And what we do with our community is, very heavily on the health side. We're getting testing done. We're understanding our hormones, nutrient deficiencies, gut health, metabolic health. Also, we can tool that to not just get abs and biceps, but to let our bodies be a weapon so I can show up to my family better. I can show up to my business better. And so super passionate about that, but really I see it as a ministry opportunity. For those who don't know me, I was, don't know me, I was a pastor before I got into coaching. And then God kind of pivoted my heart and said, hey, you got a passion for health and I want you to use that as your ministry now. So now I get to help a lot of people in that. There's other things I get to do and I get to travel and speak most weeks and have some uh, investments in other businesses that I get to support. But the main focus is our health coaching business and uh, using that as a ministry to not only get people in shape, but make sure they can show up for their families and 
make the impact they're supposed to. There you go. And uh, so talk, walk me a little bit. I, 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 there's a couple of things that I want to talk to you about yeah. within what you do. Sure. Um, the first thing is I, I, I wanted to kind of get into your brain on what, what made you start running and mm -hmm. to, to where you literally went from like in high school, I ran track cross country, but I hated it. And yeah. then I'd like to kind of show up to random races and then without running. Yeah. So I just ran my first marathon and it was yeah, you killed it. the, it's, it's the yeah. only race that I ever trained for. And I appreciate that. My goal yeah. was three forty five. My non-negotiable was four. Yeah. My, um, my stretch goal was 330 and I got mm. 327. Bro, it's incredible. I appreciate that. But I was kind of like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So when I got done, yeah. I was just like, man, I could have pushed. But it's kind of one of those things that I didn't want to start with, like, let's say the 315 pace group and yeah. then. And then die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but you, on the other hand, you grew up playing football. You know, you're, you've always been pretty, like a pretty like bulky yeah. guy, like muscly guy. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'd never knew that you ran. So what, <laughs> talk to me, walk me through that. What guy, and then you went, you went to the straight hundred miler, dude. What? Yeah. So I don't recommend my mentality for most people. Like I'm, I'm a psychopath in some things. So most of my mentality towards life, like I wouldn't recommend most people start the way I do. Uh -huh. uh, but the shortest version of ex explanation is that I had some friends that were doing it and kept kind of prodding me like, bro, you should run with us. Just pick a mileage. You can do, you do a 5k, you could do a half, like just do a mileage. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm good, man. I'm not a runner. Like I'm fine. Kept prodding. And I, I started to think about it and I was like, why am I so resistant to this? Like, why don't I want to do this? And then my, the first thought was like, cause it was suck. It's hard. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And so once I had that realization, I'm like, that's probably exactly why I need to do it because there's a little fear there. And so it was more of a mental challenge for me. It was like, there's something in my life that I'm kind of afraid of that I'm not built for that. I'm not, I, I don't see myself as a runner. So now I get to prepare for something that's difficult and put my mind through that. And it was an incredible experience. Now, practically would not recommend anyone train eight weeks for a hundred mile run. How many miles do you think you ran on those eight weeks? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, I went from like the first couple weeks were 10 to 15, then, you know, 20 to 30. Then I like, I was ramping up my mileage significantly hard, but I never did a week over, over 60 miles. Um, cause I like the, the biggest one was the two weeks before then I kind of had a recovery is I did a 40 mile weekend, but I had done like 20 miles during the week. Um, that was the farthest I'd ever gone. But I, I went from eight weeks before that. I'd never done more than like a few miles without stopping. And I had not run at all in years. And I was 217 pounds. Like I'm a, I was thick and was still like trying to train for this. So how much do you weigh right now? <laughs> like 210. And how two. much did you weigh before? Uh, before I started training. Uh, I was about, like, I was about where I am right now. Oh, two really? So I actually gained weight during that process. Cause I was, I like stopped working out as much and it was all more running and I was shoving my face with calories trying to make sure I had fuel. I probably could approach it a little better on the, on the fuel side, but I was like, I will make sure I'm not gassing out. Cause the first couple of runs I would like my first, you know, 10, 15 mile runs, I was like crapping out cause I didn't have enough food. Cause I was trying to stay in a calorie deficit. And I finally was like, you know what? No, I'm just eating. I'm eating like a runner. <laughs> Dude. I started at like 175 to 178. Mm -hmm. And right now, so this morning I would 163. So you've lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I feel like super tiny. So you, you sign up for this hundred mile uh -huh. race and then last minute they changed the location on you. Oh yeah. And then you go and run it and you said you ended up completing 79 miles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was Brazos bend. It was supposed to be in Houston and they, we got an email that said, Hey, there's a weather forecast that we need to move it back a month. 
and all the guys that I was running with, I'm like, we're not, I'm not going to train all the way through the holidays, wait another month. I'm already here. I'm so we ended up gathering in Dallas and did it just off a whim. And yeah, so I, I made it 22 hours in 79 miles, which is over three marathons. And then my body like started falling apart and I had to make a decision. I'm like, is it worth it to Oh, so you didn't even get capped. It was no, like, well, it, so it was it, like you, you just, I just was done. And so like, basically what happened is my last mile that I walked, I didn't even jog any of the last one. It took me like 55 minutes, like almost an hour. And I'm like one mile, bro. I was, well, well, I will say I can't picture even running another mile after I got done doing 26 yeah. miles. Now imagine doing that three more times or two more times. So three total marathons. And then being like, my last one took me 55 minutes. Like, am I going to walk? Like, well, the time cap was 24 hours. So it's like, I, I, can't, had, I can't wrap my head around that. Probably. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. And I think I was at like 21 hours. And so I had technically three hours or something like that. Um, I forget the exact math, but I had a couple hours left. And my last one took almost an hour. And I'm like, this is the most pain I've ever been in my life. Like I'm like, I was hobbling bad, dragging one leg. Like, so I'm like, okay, is it worth it to walk another three miles? And like, what's this going to make a difference? Cause you weren't going to finish. I wasn't going to finish the time yeah. cap. Oh, so that, that was, sense. that was some of it, but also like, you know, if, if you've heard, I'm sure you follow David Goggins, you've heard his stuff. His story for his hundred miler was similar to was he didn't really train enough, but for him to get over that last point, like he, Basically, was uh, puking blood and like had to go to the hospital because his like internal organs got torn up. And well, so, he he like <laughs> pooped on himself a couple times, yeah. and then his uh, his feet were just. I mean, I've read both of his books, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because you're. I've I've mentioned this in one other podcast a little bit, but I might actually actually read it okay. word for word. But um, and I heard this on the on a podcast that he was on with uh -huh. Andrew Huberman. Yeah, and so he said the neuroscience research on willpower. So uh, shameless plug there on the podcast mm -hmm. name makes a uh, makes <laughs> a, <laughs> makes clear that your interior mid, mid singular cortex, your AMCC, is a key hub for the leaning into undesired effort. Your mm. AMCC is activated by engaging in behaviors that you don't want to do. Yeah. Your AMCC will, willpower can grow through the, you know, and it goes on to, sure. he, he wrote this whole thing, but yeah. but in the podcast, he talked about how how people that, that pretty much like David Goggins that like have lived a hard life or go through, through they're, they're able to pretty much not only live longer, but have a better life mm -hmm. because they put themselves through things that they yeah. don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you've seen, but one yeah. of the things I started doing is I, every every single day uh, starting this year, as soon as I wake up, I go and get in the cold, cold tub. Yeah. And I don't want to do it, dude. <laughs> I don't want to do it, yeah. but I can't start the day any harder than yeah. that. But it, it, I just love <laughs> sitting with somebody like that right now because when I talk yeah. to people, they can't they understand that. Like, why would you choose to do that if you don't want to? I'm like, that's the point. Because I don't want to, I do it. So where was your mindset whenever you didn't finish? And how did you feel? Talk to me about the post-recovery and all yeah, that stuff. Because, like, yeah. I mean, I was pissed about my, my 327. Like, I wasn't yeah. happy. No. Nah. So where, where were you at? Talk to walk well, me through that. So it, it's a tough line because I'm such a competitor. And, you know, for those listening that don't, like, I played college football. I played sports my whole life. Like, I'm a very driven, competitive person not just with other people, with myself. Like I pushed myself to the limit. It's part of why I did this. I'm like, well, okay, it's another goal to chase. But I, there was that part of me, but there's also a realist of like, dude, you're 217 pounds. You trained for eight weeks and you'd never really run before. Like, what did you expect? And so I think there was like both sides of that duality of as a competitor who believes in himself and I'd set a goal, I was devastated. I didn't reach it and mad at myself that I shut it down. And like, there's those thoughts. 
But for me, there was also like, there's a big gift in this. Like it's probably the best possible thing that could have happened for me of not finishing it because there's so many lessons in that, that I learned of like, man, I'm not, I'm not a superhuman. Like I've got to put the work in like everyone else. And I can't out willpower my, like, every, like, like mental power is powerful. Like I, my mindset got me to 79 miles, not my physical pre, you know, pre- preparation. Um, but there's also a limit of preparation too. And I realized like, Hey, I can't just like throw myself at whatever I want and be successful immediately. Like there's work I have to put in. Uh, but there's so many things that I learned. And this is really probably the deepest reason why I signed up for this race is those middle of the night hours where you're just by yourself suffering, like taught me so much. Like I hadn't been in that place in probably since football and there's very small glimpses of it in games but like for hours of just pain and suffering of like, why am I doing this? What? And then you start to like think about what you're thinking about and know where your thoughts go. And like you, you experience suffering that you've chosen to put yourself into for hours that are prolonged. It, it opens up so much inside of you that you're like, I've never experienced this before. It's cool to be in this place. It's a lot easier to, to say out loud that we need failure because that helps us grow, uh-huh. but we hate going through that. And and the thing is that even when I'm dissatisfied with, like, I guarantee you would have finished that and you would have been probably just like me. You would have been like, I suck. Like I, I should have done faster. Uh And that's some failure that you're kind of marinating in and that you're like, this is what's making you better, Mm -hmm. you know, overall, but people run away from failure. And every, honestly, if you really think about it, most humans, sure. A lot of humans chase money. They chase, you know, fitness, they chase, you know, whatever idol that they're, they're, they're wanting, they're wanting to chase. But the one that, the thing that's in common is that people are actually running away from pain. That's Mm -hmm. what they're really trying to achieve. It's like, how can I reach comfort? Yeah. And that's when, that's like the, the, the worst place to be because that's where you're never going to grow. And people don't think about that. So talk to me about the, the, the post, like what did, cause I mean, dude, I, I was high, uh, probably two minutes after and then boom, my legs kicked in and I, dude, I could barely walk. I'm like, what's, what's going on? So you, you talked about Goggins, like feet, my feet are still like shredded on the bottom, like still peeling off. And it's been seven weeks. Like I, I posted a video, I think it was four weeks afterwards and like was ripping all of the skin off the bottom. Like it's, it destroyed me. But the have whole, you ran after that at all? No, <laughs> I haven't even jogged. Like I, I'm waiting a little, well, I'm doing it again next year. So I'm, I'm training for eight months this time instead of eight weeks and I will finish the hundred. So there's your competitor coming back of like, all right, I shut it down, but I'm not doing that again. But I literally could not walk at all for a full three days. And I was limping for another seven days after that. If you would have seen me in my house that next day, like I was leaning against a wall. Like I, I couldn't even take a couple, like it was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Like I've broken unreal amount of bones. I've torn stuff, but my legs were so swollen and so painful that like, I can't even describe it. It was unreal. That's crazy. Do you know a guy named Nick bear? Yeah. Okay, so that's the guy that kind of, yeah, BPN. Uh, yeah. dude, he just he just had a goal of I think it was at two forty or two forty five. Crushed it. Yeah. Two two thirty like two thirty seven. Seven or something like that. Yeah. And that guy, I mean, what does he weigh? He's two o five. He's my size. Yeah. Is he not very tall? No, he's like six. Yeah, six foot two o five. Oh, he's like he's, he's six I mean, one, six okay. foot. He's like an inch or two taller than me. He yeah. looks he looks like he weighs more than that because he's just yeah, you know he's stout. Dude, that. That right he's there, a beast. though. Well, he's done ultras too. Like he's yeah. done last man standings. He's done. He's done a hundred. Like, 
He's a stud. That guy's a freaking stud. So if yeah. you ever, if you need some motivation, you know, Just watch his videos. So I, as we were walking in, um, I told you that um, this is a very sentimental podcast for me, dude. It's my last podcast it's closing of a chapter in my twenties, <laughs> dude. I'm feeling old. You are old. How old are you? Twenty nine. <laughs> so Just a couple um, months behind you. So the uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because as it, this kind of goes into what you do for work and everything. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious on it, sure. not just for myself, but for anybody listening. But yeah. so at, at what age do you start seeing people um, that they they start having like issues with like testosterone mm -hmm. and stuff? And then kind of like, yeah. like talk me through like your expertise sure. on, on that. Yeah. Um, and then just, because you you tell me we do a lot of testing, all this yeah. stuff to, to where I'm curious on mm -hmm. what your thoughts are on uh, uh, with, how you deal with your clients yeah. when it comes to testosterone and stuff. Cause sure. I, I guarantee you that, I mean, correct me, correct me with this statement that I'm about to make, but let's say like more than 50% of the, of the executives that you're, you're meeting with are probably have low T. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Pretty, pretty common. It depends on the person, but yeah, it's, uh, most men as they hit their late thirties, early forties, start to see drops. It depends on the lifestyle. It depends on their stress. Depends on how they've been treating their body. But most of them in general have seen drops. Um, and, you know, obviously it's different per person. But even me, like when I got tested a year ago as a 28-year-old, I was a 212, which normal ranges start really at 500. Like you want to be 5 to 800 is kind of quote-unquote normal. Optimal is above 800. I was a 212. And the doctor was like, holy cow, you're 28. This is not normal. Mine was because of my cortisol levels, just high stress. And I read a study recently about military men and then football athletes because of the stress they put on their body uh that cortisol tanks their testosterone and it's pretty common for even younger guys that are were, were athletes or in the military to have low testosterone uh, it also could have been i had multiple concussions too which messes with your pituitary gland that so anyways we see this a lot um there's a lot of other hormonal stuff that gets out of whack um, for all of us that we just don't know about. Um, but I would say there's a high percentage of men, especially in those late 30s, early 40s, that need some sort of help with their testosterone, whether it's therapy or they just need to change their food intake or sleep or habits to kind of optimize some of that. Uh, but it's, it shouldn't be a frowned upon thing either. We can talk about that too. Like I'm on, I'm on testosterone because I, it was gone. Like I was not producing any and my body was, <laughs> was suffering because of it. So that, that actually, um, I've never gotten myself tested, but that honestly kind of makes, makes me curious really. Mm -hmm. And I probably should look into something like that. Um, but I think that a lot of the times, uh, people think of low testosterone and they just kind of think of like low sex drive, mm -hmm. no. but what, give me some other stuff yeah. that you've seen, like, especially in your clients, like what, what do you sure. see? Especially it, when I keep talking about your clients, I, I I'm curious because like these are people that are performing at a high level, high level. in whatever they're doing in their mm -hmm. business. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, yeah. on that part of it. What do you see on them? Yeah. So yeah, to, to reiterate what you're saying, like our clients are some types of entrepreneur or executive, like they're busy professional, they, they're high up in their company or they, you know, or they run their own company, they own it. But we work with some really high level guys that run massive, you know, hundreds of million dollar organizations, some billion dollar organizations like fortune 100 companies, 
perfect, like some actors or musicians you would know about. Like we just signed on a pretty big musician that's touring the country that you would all know his name. Like there, there's some big people just because of the, the quality of our team and the testing we do. Like it's a, it's, it's really high level and we get crazy results and it's a full concierge. Like we send them their food and supplements. And if they're traveling, we'll, we'll send Uber Eats to their hotel or whatever. Like it's pretty cool. Uh, so we like kind of become their executive assistant too. But we see this a lot with, uh, the guys that we work with and it was me too. Like I didn't like, I wasn't thinking I had low testosterone. I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm young. Like I don't notice anything. Like I'm a little tired, like more tired lately. Or, um, you know, I feel like I, my body's not maybe performing like it used to. Uh, and I noticed that, but I didn't really think about it that much. Cause I'm like, ah, maybe I just not get enough sleep. Uh, but for most of our clients, it's not just like a sex drive thing. It's typically like, you know, energy levels, mental clarity. Uh, they're, they're holding on to a little more fat. Uh, maybe they're bloating a little more. Um, they're not building muscle like they used to be able to, like, there's tons of different types of things. Sex drive is just one small piece, but really like testosterone is a driver for a lot of the body's ability to look good and feel good and perform good. Um, you know, Huberman describes it like testosterone gives you the desire to do work too. So it's also like that driver inside of you. And I was noticing too, like right before I got tested, I'm like, I feel like I'm just like not motivated at all. Like I can get myself hyped up to do something, but like that, like usually my whole life I woke up with like this fire in my stomach of like, I'm ready to go like take the world on. Yeah. Like that started to kind of fade and I was like, something's weird. But as I like gotten, like my levels are back up to like, a, you know, 900, a thousand, which is really kind of your optimal level. Like I like fill on fire again. And so, you know, it's more than just sex drive. Like I said, it's mental clarity, it's energy levels, it's ability to, to build muscle and burn fat. And now that I've gotten to that level too, I'm like, oh, well now like my body processes food like it did when I was playing football again. Like it's, it feels like it's normal. So that is one of the things that I'm assuming somebody comes on as a client that you guys take a look at te test yeah. and stuff. And then I'm, I'm assuming that you guys see some good results right off yeah. the bat just from that but what sure. are some other things that you're testing yeah. that you're that you once you kind of change that that you're seeing some good results like and when I say results I don't mean just I know you post a lot of content online and uh, a lot of the results speak for themselves on the and the people that you're posting yeah. but I'm talking about also the results of of uh, their like their business you yeah. know what I mean so mm -hmm. like what are some other things you guys check, check yeah for? yeah well and so you know to your point like to me, abs and biceps is a cool byproduct, but that shouldn't be the focus. Um, it's more of like weaponizing my body or how do I make sure I'm the most energetic I can be confidence, mental clarity. Like I want to make sure I'm performing well and I'm around a long time. Looking good is just a byproduct of me doing the consistent work. And so we're, we're very much focusing on the internal stuff and then the external becomes a byproduct. But, uh, the big three that we test for, and then there's a lot more are one is hormones. And so we talked a little about testosterone, but it could be estrogen. It could be, you know, blood sugar, or A1C blood sugar levels. Like if you're insulin resistant, how you process carbs and sugar. Um, the other one, you know, big hormone we look at is cortisol levels. Like we talked about high stress and what's crazy about cortisol is, 95 plus percent of our clients have high levels of stress hormone and they don't even know it typically like some of them are conscious enough to know that like yeah, i'm a stressed person but most like i didn't know i was like i don't feel that stress and the doctor was like mm. <laughs> well you've convinced yourself you're not but your body says otherwise and so we see it over and over again be just because of the the type of personality we work with what's crazy about cortisol is as cortisol goes up your metabolism goes down and as cortisol goes up, your blood sugar, like your insulin resistance increases. And so you actually can't process carbs and sugar as well. And you get more cravings. And then lastly, you actually produce more of the hunger hormone ghrelin. And so if you get more stressed, 
you're not burning as many calories, you're more hungry, and you're getting cravings, and you're not processing carbs and sugar well. And so that's one example, but all those hormones have crazy stuff. But what happens, and it's what's crazy about this versus like what we do versus what most trainers do is most people think of like, if I'm not losing weight, I need to eat less and move more, right? Like that's kind of typical common knowledge. But what do you think happens to your body on a stress level if you eat less and move more? More stress, more right? More stress, yeah. And so our doctors oftentimes will tell me like, hey, you know, you stalled out, and I'm like, cool, yeah, so I probably need to cut my calories a little lower or just add activity. They're like, well, actually, we need you to eat more and move less this week. And I'm like, no, I don't think, I, don't, I think you misheard me. I need to lose weight. And they're like, no, your cortisol, we know, your high cortisol, you look inflamed, like you've been as stressful a couple of weeks. We need you to pull it back this week. And I'm like, but, uh, and they're like, Cole, as your stress goes up, your metabolism goes down. So if, we, if you cut your calories, your metabolism is just going to follow that and it's going to go down. Would you rather starve yourself or would you rather give yourself a rest and get the results. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll do what you say. And I'll usually lose a couple pounds that next week just because your body like, like said, takes a breath. And that's one example though. But like, it's, it's, it's crazy to see like how little hormones affect. And it's not just eat less, move more. It's how do I get my internal health where it should be? So that's one example. Another one's nutrient deficiencies. Uh, like I was low on vitamin D, vitamin B and iron, and all three of those lead to energy levels. And I wondered why I was tired. I'm like, oh, well, it's an easy fix. I just need to more, eat more red meat for iron, get more sun for vitamin D. I take a couple supplements too, but that stuff we see with a lot of our clients is like, man, I just don't have enough energy and it may not be testosterone. It might be just like, bro, you just need some vitamin D and you'll be great. And very quickly outside of fixing their habits of meals and movement, like those little tweaks make them feel like a different human. Like we'll get clients being like, I feel like a superhuman. It's like, bro, this is what normal feels like. <laughs> this is just you functioning like how your body was designed to imagine what happens when we can get you to optimal and actually lose the other 80 pounds you have to lose. Um, how so often, it's crazy. How often are you getting these tests? Typically on a quarterly basis okay. for the big ones. So for like hormones, nutrient deficiencies, and then metabolic health, like how healthy their metabolism is, we do that you know, pretty in-depth testing, like 30 plus panels. Like you go, <laughs> when our clients go in and get tested at LabCorp, the doctors are always like, are you like an athlete or something? Like, why are you, why do you need this much? And they're like, I don't know. Our team just likes a lot of numbers, I guess, but super in depth. And there's some other tests we'll do too. On top of that for certain clients like DNA, we can look at genetic mutations. We can look at gut health, uh, how they process foods and what foods are superfoods for them or what they don't digest as well. That one was crazy for me getting a list of foods that you should and shouldn't eat for your gut bacteria. The top two foods for me to not eat sweet potatoes and broccoli. And I was like, that's all I eat. Like I eat chicken, sweet potatoes and broccoli, like every meal. Are you kidding me? And the doctor's like, you can. Like, it's healthy and nutrient dense, but your body just doesn't process it very well. And what I didn't know is your gut's directly connected to your brain through what's called the vagus nerve. And so the doctor basically explained, like, hey, if you eat these foods, like, you're not going to have as much mental clarity. You're not going to have as much energy. Your brain isn't going to process as well and it won't digest as well. Like, you still be a healthy person, but it's you're not optimal. And just switching those, like, I eat more uh, rices, like wild rice. Uh, I eat a bunch of, like, um, Instead of sweet potato, that's my carb. But then instead of broccoli, I do like uh, zucchini and squash and like green beans. And so I've, I've changed it. Nothing really changed as far as like my physical results for calories, but like mental clarity, energy, digestion. It's like, wow, like this is what it feels like to not be bloated all the time and have gas. Like it's plus the, the energy and mental clarity. Like it's crazy how just small food changes. So those are all examples. But, you know, us getting data on people, I believe great data leads to great decisions. Like if I actually know what my body needs, I can decide well, what to well, do that that's in everything great mm -hmm. like if you're tracking everything in your business yeah. then you're able to see oh well the reason we sure. got these deals in is because we were doing this activity let's keep doing this activity yeah. or um dude i loved our conversation last time but this time 
I feel like I'm talking to Gary Brecker right now, dude. What's <laughs> what's going on? So my question to you is, oh, these are your clients that you're helping with yeah. that, but anybody out there can go and do these tests. Yeah. How much does that normally cost? It depends on the test um, and who you do it for. Like the testing we do, and, and that's why like a lot of clients will do it with us because not only are they getting the testing, but they're actually getting implementation of, hey, what do I do with this? Like, what should I eat now? What should I work out? Like, you know, what's my supplementation look like? Where most companies, like if you do it through a doctor or a hormone specialist, they'll give you like, here's some some supplements and here's a couple recommendations like have fun I'll see you next quarter when you get tested it's like well what do I what else do I do like how, that's not enough for me um and so you know the testing we do quarterly not including all the DNA and stuff but the basics of hormones nutrient deficiencies and, and metabolic health probably retail costs like 12 to 1500 a quarter um so it's pretty pricey like just for the testing alone but that's included with the cost and we get it super cheap and so clients I'm like I'm gonna spend stupid amount of money anyways if I do that but you can get like a basic hormone panel Sometimes through insurance too, that's like seven to eight data points for 200 bucks. Um, there's some DNA tests that we've gotten for our clients that I think you can buy for like 150 to $200. Uh, there's some pretty cool gut health ones that are 150 to $200. So like there's a lot of stuff out there. Like Viome's a really good gut health company. I did that test recently. Um, ID Life is a really cool DNA company that will give you this like 30 page in depth report based off of your DNA markers. Um, so there's a lot out there. But the benefit of doing it through a company that not only has the testing but has implementation too is now you take that result and you're like, oh, here's what I actually do on a daily basis rather than like what Breca does. They do incredible testing too. They just give you supplementation. They don't really get into food and training. And I'm more of a person of like, I'd rather fix my lifestyle and like supplements be supplemental to my diet, not, oh, here's your supplements now. It's like, well, I need to fix my important stuff first. So. Man, and it's crazy how I'm comparing this to also, you know how far we've come with the artificial intelligence mm -hmm. in the past, yeah, yeah. Um, in the past few years to where there's so many people that know about it, but don't really know about it. They're not mm -hmm. utilizing it. And right. I think that this is also uh, all these tests that have become available over the last few years um, are, are able to help people with longevity. And I... I just think that anybody out there that can afford to yeah. do this, I mean, you, I always tell people is that you can make as much money as you want to, but uh -huh. you can't ever make more time. No. But I mean, if you're, if you're doing decent or well mm -hmm. for yourself or especially very well for yourself, yeah. that's how you can buy time really. Because if you're yeah. fixing all this stuff and let's say you're destined to, you know, live until you're 80, now you're living until 85 yeah. and now What's or 90 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're not talking about like just, just getting an extra five, five, you know, cause we're talking about sometimes like an 85 year old can barely move, but it's like, if you, if you stay healthy, like you're able to truly buy that time back and it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, what talk, walk me through a little bit of like how, um, what's been going on with your company since we yeah. last talked, like how much, like, uh, uh, how much has it grown? Like all yeah. this stuff, like what's, what's something new that's been going on? Yeah, man, it, it's cool. Like, I would say the big changes outside of just growth, like we've, we've been multiplying, like just the impact we're getting to make is really cool. Uh, and a lot of that's just a reflection of how amazing our team is. Like we have really good testing, but that's cool. But the people that actually tell you what to do with the testing are just brilliant. Like they, they teach me so much. I've got tons of health certifications and even me, like I am like, you guys are so smart. You just tell me what to do. Uh, and I'm cool to be the mouthpiece and run the business side, but they even blow my mind often. Yeah. Um, and, and you so, talked about that last time yeah. as well. The, all the people in the panel, like uh, you, you talked to me about that sleep yeah. guy that you guys talked to. Yeah. And I mean, it's insane. All the stuff that you guys do. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. But yeah, so the biggest growth outside of that is 
man, we have built a whole new culture for our clients. Like we before did really good on the actual practical of here's the testing, here's what to do. But I've been all in on this concept of identity over the last year of instead of just giving someone a program and having them do different actions, for them to get lasting results, they have to become a different person because you do what you do because of what you think of you. Like your identity shapes your actions. And until someone actually believes something different about themselves, it doesn't matter how good of a program I give them because at some point they will always go back to the baseline of their identity. And so now we have like rebuilt our culture around creating what we call the athlete's identity. And so every client that we serve, we actually call an athlete. Like when you come into our community, you we're training you to be an athlete. And the difference is, is very small, but the results are very compounding. And the, the easiest way for me to explain this is if I'm trying to lose weight, that's very different than I'm an athlete and I'm training. And the byproduct is me losing weight. If I believe I'm an athlete and I just train to be an athlete and I eat like one and I move like one, the weight just falls off, but the weight was never the goal. Me confirming that I didn't, it was the goal. And then I just keep the weight off. The problem is most people like try really hard to lose the weight. And I try and I try and I try and maybe I get there. But once I get there, I, oh, whew, I can like relax now, but you didn't become a different person. And so you shift back. And so we've fully rebuilt our culture to where, you know, there's mindset work, there's habits, there's things we have people speak over themselves. Uh, there's a real like identity that they embody so that they don't just get a result. They become a different person and the results were just a byproduct. Dude, you're making me think of like the 75 heart challenge or yeah. like the keto ch diet and all those trends uh -huh. that people get on that that's not, that's, and I, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but it's the same thing as somebody that's saying, I want to get out of debt. Yeah. If you're thinking, Hey, I want to become a millionaire and you're focused on just becoming a millionaire that you're going to get out of debt because yeah, you're, it's a byproduct. Yeah. You, yeah. But, but, but you're not going to get out of debt and then be like, Oh cool. I'm good now. And then get back in the same, sure. you know, hamster wheel on that. Um, which I feel that that's where most people are in their fitness journey. A hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. they're just like want to reach a destination and then, yeah. and then they're like, okay, now, now I'm going to be skinny for the rest of my life or I'm going to be fit for the rest of my sure. life. And it's like, that's not how that works. No. Well, here, here's a phrase that really opened my eyes is winners and losers have the same goals. It's their standards that separate them. And so everyone wants to lose weight. Everybody, like, you know, you think about football. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. Every team does, but it's the standards of how they execute on a daily basis and the identity they embody as a team that determines who actually wins. That's why the Patriots were so dominant is because Bill Belichick preached, like, do your assignment. Like, you will be excellent in your specific assignment. If we all do that, we win. Not Let's look at the scoreboard. Let's, you know, there's a difference there. And so that phrase really resonates with me of winners and losers have the same goal, but it's my standards that separate me. Anybody can set a goal to lose weight. Anybody can push hard to like, I gotta lose 20 pounds. But it's, if you don't focus as much on the goals, you focus on the standards of what do I commit to today? And if I every day win the day, the goal just becomes an easy byproduct. And then you keep going. Like it's not a finish line. It was just a checkpoint. Like stand, I'm all in on standards right now. Like this is my identity and I do these things every day to confirm that identity. I don't worry about goals as much. Goals are just directional and it's good for tracking and making sure you're on pace, but it's what standards can I commit to? And if I commit to those over time, winning to me is not a one-time thing. Like that's not a win to just get there. It's, I don't want to just get married. I want to stay married. I want to just lose the weight. I want to keep it off. And so standards are what allow you to win and create like a dynasty like the Patriots did. That's incredible. Yeah, because I think that everybody's, most people's mindset, I mean, 99% of people think that way. It's just a goal. It's a finish line. Yeah, man. So what else is new uh, as far as um, you did that ultra marathon? You're yeah. going to do it again. <laughs> yep. So, but what, what are some other new things that you're like, dude, I just, I'm going to do this because I don't want to do it. 
Man, so yeah, that one again, that's a big one. When um, is that? That'll be December 7th. Yeah, okay, so this I've year, got, so you, I'll got start training here in probably uh, March. So give, give myself a little bit of time to fully prepare and ease miles up instead of, you're really supposed to only increase miles like 10% a week, and I was doing like 100% a week. <laughs> and I, I did that in a, in a way, but in a completely separate like, yeah. like you said, you ran three marathons in one. I, yeah. most people do, I think, uh, 24 to 26 weeks training mm-hmm. for I one did, marathon. Yeah. yeah. I did, uh, I think it was, um, a 12, I was a 12 week program awesome. and I only did, I only finished like almost 50% of it. Mm-hmm. And then in like five weeks, I think I ran like almost 350 miles, which incredible, was incredible, but yeah. it, I, do you enjoy running? No, I hate it. There's so certain much. times like there there's beauty like there's a lot of things in life I don't enjoy though like I I think I've reached this point and I think it's really what's helping me grow in a lot of areas where I don't do things like just because I enjoy them like I think uh, one of my mentors and really good friends Steve Weatherford says amateurs make decisions based off their feelings professionals make decisions based off their standards and so I have an identity that I've set for myself and I don't decide to do things based off what I feel it's like here's what I've committed to to become here's the person I said I am and so I, I do it like I don't ever feel like working out when I wake up in the morning some days I wake up and I'm like sick let's go lift I got buddies I mean but that's one percent of the time like when the alarm goes off at 6 a.m and I'm supposed to go to the gym I'm like God, I do not want to do this but it's not a negotiation it's this I'm an athlete it's who I am so I just train uh it's the same thing as business is like if I get on a sales call or I have to do work or make di- you know whatever it is that we're doing for the day or I have to meet with my team and build a new strategy like sometimes I just don't feel like it but there's no neg- negotiations because I've decided this is the type of business owner I am and I do it. That's the standard I uphold. And I think for me, like I don't enjoy running, um, but I decided to do that to accomplish a goal. And so there was never a negotiation of like, I don't feel like it. It was just like, I do it. So that didn't really play into it, whether or yeah. not I enjoy it, but I have found beauty in a lot of that stuff. Like I didn't enjoy most of the runs, but there's so many things that it taught me and so much time alone with your thoughts that I had some like incredible God moments. He spoke to me a ton. I had some real clarity of thoughts. A lot of the vision that we have for our company moving into this new year, which by the way is unreal. Like I'm so stoked for this this year came from me actually having space to think like every Saturday I'd be on a four to five mile or four to five hour run that I'm just alone with my thoughts. <laughs> and a lot of times I couldn't have music playing that whole time because I'd get tired in my ears. And so I'm just Jogging along in Bixby, <laughs> listening by to yourself, God. just by myself, listening Dang, to God bro. speak. So, is there anything else that you're doing that you're thinking about? You know, putting your hands into that you've never done before yeah, this year. Yeah. So I thought about like if I would have finished the hundred, I probably would have done Ironman this year, um, just because I'm like, what's next? But I don't know. Like I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to be a professional athlete right now and train for fifty things. Like. I just want to look really good. So right now, like the first 90 days of the year, I'm all in on getting my physique back to where it was before I started running. And then I'll try to keep that while I train for eight months running wise. That's the only physical goal I'm really working towards right now. Maybe after that, I'll push for something different. But that's really the big thing. Uh, right now, business goals are really what's consuming a lot of my mental energy. And I, I don't want to put too much on the physical side to uh, to take away that. A lot of the times people don't realize that doing putting putting yourself through that pain, putting yourself through that not being comfortable ends up helping your business way so like so much you know and that's so important but let me ask you this so a lot of the times people you know listen and look at what I do and all that stuff and then I mean people listening to this um I mean I'm sure you know some people have probably tuned out they're like these guys are crazy like I'm out (laughs) so what what are something what are some things that you do that people wouldn't um wouldn't wouldn't 
think like, oh, Cole doesn't do this, but you, it's like your, I don't want to call it advice, but it's just something that you do to be able to kind of get away and kind of be somewhat normal that, that to kind of just like, for me, I'll give you an example. Every time I talk to people, I'm, I'll be like, Hey, have you, have you watched this show? Yeah. And then they're like, no, they're like, I don't really have time to watch TV. And they're like, how do you have time to watch TV? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's my personal, like yeah. decompress. I, yeah, yeah. And that's where I can really feel like I can just like not be thinking about a hundred things at once, yeah. you know? So what, what's yours? You know, that's a good question. I think there's a couple things, but I will say like, I enjoy working. Like, I, I think there's a, um, there's a, a, I don't know if it's, there's some unhealthiness and some healthiness to it, but like, I actually enjoy the game of business. Like it's a, it's a, it's a challenge to accomplish. It's a problem to solve for me. And so to me, I don't get super stressed. Like sometimes my winding down is like, instead of, I guess I spent a lot of days communicating with people or on calls or leading meetings or coaching teams or, you know, cause a lot of what we get to do becomes like corporate coaching too. And I'll do, you know, their whole team of 50 and I'm coaching them through habits and routines. There's a lot of speaking and stuff. And so I spend my day talking to people. So sometimes my decompressing is actually like just sitting on the couch and like working on some, some logistical work and like typing stuff up. Like that actually sometimes is like a refresher for me. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question really, but like there's, there's, two things probably that work for me and both of them are watching something. So one would be like just awful comedies. Like I'll put on Seinfeld or friends or whatever. It's like, I don't even have to really pay attention. You yeah. just kind of zone in and out and laugh a little bit. And then you can just like, it just decompress. It's, it's mindless humor. Uh, or I'll, sometimes I'll go to movie theater by myself and just like tune out the world, watch this thing that's engrossing me. And then it, you kind of get out of the, the rat race of running thoughts. Um, but you know, those are two good ones. But to me, honestly, the things that I enjoy the most are with other people. So it's like, hey, you want to like get together and play some games or, uh, you know, just go eat and grub and talk like, you know, that's my best way to decompress outside of watching a TV or show is um, or TV or a movie is just to chat with somebody and hear about their life and just decompress with people yeah. I care about. It's it's so important to have that decompressor, though, because it's kind of like a reset button. And mm -hmm. I love being around people, but I, even even if I'm not working, I mm -hmm. feel that I'm always on when I'm yeah. around people, you know? Yeah. So the the thought of just sitting down and just watching something or it just kind of takes my mind somewhere mm -hmm. else and I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to yeah. to do this all over again. But Cole, thank you so much for coming yeah. on again, man. I'm really excited to see where, where you where you Appreciate go next it. and uh, uh, we'll, we'll put on the schedule for you to come back after you do your hundred mile. <laughs> and uh, are you going to, I'm assuming run some marathons in between yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the last training I did in that eight weeks, I did a half, I did a full, I did a 40 mile weekend and then I did a hundred or 79. Uh, I'm sure I'll do significant more for this. Like you need gonna, to go for a PR on the marathon, bro. <laughs> well, so that last one, uh, my coach only let me do the marathon race if I did it at a, zone two pace. And he was he like, do not me, push. He He's that. like, you're only running it if you keep your heart rate below this thing. And so I, I think I ran mine in like four and a half hours or something. Four, so you had, like I, I, I forgot you had a coach. Yeah. And he's a beast. Uh, you guys need to look up Pierce, um, uh, Pierce show S H O W E. And he is just, he's 23, I think, but he just did the triple crown of two hundreds. So three months back to back, three races over 200 miles. The last one was like 250 miles. How long does that take? It took him like three days. It was like 75 hours or something like that. He took like two naps that were both like two hours and he ran the rest of the time. Like he's unreal. He's not even human. He's the youngest person to ever do it as well. And so he was guiding me and coaching me through that. He's brilliant. Like 
If you're wanting to get into running, I highly recommend you look them up, Pierce Show. If you're wanting to get into running, like, yeah, if, well, you're wanting, I, if you're wanting to get into, <laughs> well, even just your first like half marathon, he's he's an incredible coach. Oh, in gotcha, batting. gotcha. Because uh, there's a lot of people that you know he has a program that's like couch to half or couch to oh, marathon gotcha. or couch to five k or whatever. Like he's good at all that stuff. But that's honestly a lot of the reason why I pushed myself to do the hundred was I was like, man, if he can do two fifty, like surely I can do more, right? Like. He, I borrowed a lot of his belief. That's one of my favorite topics is thinking about like borrowing other people's belief. It's like, man, if they can do it, I can do it. And if someone else believes in me and he encouraged me, he's like, man, I think you're capable of more than a half marathon. I'm like, all right, what's that look like? And he was like, you tell me. And I'm like, all right, I guess I could do full. And then we did a 20 mile weekend and I'm like, dude, I could do more than 26. Like, let's go. And so he spoke life into me the whole time and, you know, showed me that more is possible. Dude. Last thing I want to ask you is, um, we've known each other now for like 10 years. Is yeah. that now? So probably more. I mean, probably 12, 13. You were years. a senior, right? Yeah. So you were so 18. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. So 11. It, we've grown a lot. Yeah. And we're, you know, in completely different uh, seasons of our life or sure. whatever you want to call it. We're more than seasons. But I'm just curious because I, you know, I saw you like a stud back then. <laughs> and I, I felt that I was doing pretty good in life, you know, yeah. for where we're at to where we're in completely yeah. different, you know, uh, different time of our lives and of course we will be here in the next coming years and so, yeah. so but if you could go back and 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 talk to that 18 year old mm. self that i met whenever i met yeah. you um i what what is like what's something you would tell them from where you're at yeah. right now i honestly think i would tell that person the same thing as i would tell me of a year ago i mean or two years ago and it's probably a constant thing i'll need to be reminded of and it's a couple things is one is don't be in such a hurry like like there's so much life you have ahead of you and it's going to happen either way, but just let yourself breathe and relax because life's a, not a sprint, it's a marathon. But two, focus more on people. Um, I have had the tendency because I'm so hyper achievement driven to be in a hurry, to be me focused on accomplishing my goals that I forget there's incredible people around me that you know, kind of get pushed away a little bit to in, you know, in the name of your helping other people, you neglect the people you love. Uh, and not that it's been blatant or bad, but I think the, I often would sacrifice relationships for revenue. If you want to use like alliteration or I would sacrifice like people over profits and not that I was running over people, but I was just hyper-focused on, I got to accomplish what God has for my life. And I forget that, man, like, what are we doing all this for if you don't have meaningful relationships around you and have deep connections? And so I've really forced myself to slow down and just enjoy life a little bit more and celebrate the victories and then it's enjoy the people around you. And I think as the last year, I really shifted to that. My fulfillment in life has changed significantly. My like I'm still accomplishing probably more than I ever have, but I am way more at peace and I enjoy things because I'm breathing slowing down a little bit and really trying to enjoy relationships more. And I think you probably need to tell me this next year or next year when we talk again at the end of the year of, Hey, you know, still, you still slowing down and focusing on people. But that's definitely what I would tell that person to slow down. Life's going to happen either way. Enjoy the journey and then focus on the people around you because they're what really matters. That's so good, man. I think I could kind of learn some from that as well. And even back then, but, but it, it, it's so good because you, you never it's good that we don't have the mindset that we're never like have graduated from the advice that you gave yourself, you know, once upon a time. So man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you podcasts yeah. and you know, you post a lot of great content. I see it all the time. Sure. So yeah, all of my social medias are Cole David Taylor. 
Uh, if you want to go to cole360.com, cole360.com, it actually has all the websites, all the podcasts, all the social medias, all my contacts. It's probably the best way to, to go. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you would love to, you know, take a next step in your health, like you, you know, you want to, hey, where do I start with my nutrition or what testing should I get or what workouts? Uh, we should have a free ebook that I would be happy to give out that, you know, will give a, a starting workout program, how to calculate your calories, what testing, so you could just do it on your own. So if you want to include that in the show notes, I'd love to be able to give that to people. Yeah. Uh, it's a great opportunity opportunity for you to just take some steps. And I would encourage people like listening to this is one of my favorite phrases that I tell our people is wake up before your wake up call. Like don't wait. Like my, my dad passed away of a heart attack uh, when I was pretty young. And you know, that's something that really motivated me, but don't wait till your heart attack or your big moment to make a change. Don't wait until the pain happens before you do something like wake up, wake up before the wake up call before it gets bad, fix it now. So it never gets to that place. Most people wait until it's glaring and painful before they make a switch, but that's in any area of your life. Don't wait until your kids are out of the house and you miss that opportunity to spend time with them to focus on them. Or don't wait till your wife's wife's threatening to leave to take her on a date. Like wake up now, take your health seriously because you only get one life. Love that dude. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you, man. It is an honor. Love you, brother. 